Do you provide your team with health insurance? If you work for a restaurant right now that doesn't offer health insurance, do you need health insurance? Because Dan Marr over at Southern Health Insurance wants to change that. If you're a local restaurant and you just, you really want to offer health insurance, there are so many benefits. Improved employee retention, you have happier team members, which means longer tenures and less training time. Smoother shifts make everyone's lives easier, meaning happier employees are more likely to stick around. When employees take care of their health, they're less likely to take sick days. This means reduction in lost productivity and revenue for your business. Fewer sick days, wouldn't that be great? You have improved morale, a healthy workplace with opportunities for growth is a happy workplace. Encouraging your team's well-being will result in higher morale and better work performance. Guys, all of these things, Dan offers health insurance. He offers visual insurance and dental, as well as life insurance. And guys, if you're out there in the marketplace, it's just too tough to navigate, Dan can answer any question that you may have. Any business, if you're a small business, it doesn't have to be a restaurant, you need to call Southern Health Insurance, 832-816-8602. If you prefer to email, you can email dan at southernhealthins.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. We are powered by Gordon Food Service. Today is a special episode. We are talking with Justin Still and Neil McCormick. They are the partners behind Tall Boy Marketing, and we are talking about Brandon's book club. Thank you all for jumping in there and reading this book with us. We did this interview in, we were going to do our normal big interview where we bring people in and we all discuss it and we did that and open up and do it live, but we recorded this a few days after the Covenant school shooting and I just didn't feel like it was the right time to do this big, let's talk about marketing and stuff. So Justin and Neil are in town. Justin lives in Denver. They're in town for a very short window and I had to strike while the iron was hot. So this episode is so much fun. Uh, Alchemy by Rory Sutherland really teaches you the motivation behind why people really do the things that they do because it's it's not what you think. And that's kind of the entire gist of the book. And I cannot wait to share this interview with you. It's so much fun. Just candid. I mean, I've known Neil and Neil's one of the reasons why I have a podcast and Justin's the reason why I did episode number one. Justin's also my brother. So that is exciting. Uh, this, I think, is almost full circle. If I get my dad on the show, this will be everybody in my family coming on the podcast. So that is this month's episode. That's what you're going to hear in just a moment. But I'm super excited to talk about the book we're going to do next month. And the book is called Hotspot. And it is by Dr. Alex Jahangir. And this this is one of these things that's amazing. I'm going to tell you how this book happened or how this whole thing happened. I'm at the Green Hills Grill. And uh, and I've, I'm talking to this table. There's these three lovely girls. And they're playing Battleship. 
and I love that they have like a battleship at the table. They're playing battleship and I'm kind of joking with them and I'm talking to the parents and they're so sweet and so kind. And I went and got him some more ketchup or something. I came back and I looked at the guy and I go, are you that doctor? Uh, and he looked at me and his wife was like, oh gosh, what is this going to ensue? And I said, are you Dr. Alex Jahangir? Is that how you say it? And he said, yes. And, um, and so, so I, I, I told him, I said, I'm so impressed by what you're, what you're doing. And I have led so many lineups and so many leadership meetings with based upon what you had done throughout the pandemic. How do you stand in front of a city and lead the charge for an entire city's COVID response? And I go, the leadership is just amazing. I go, and, and somebody needs to write a book. And he goes, oh, well, I did. And I go, what? You, you wrote a book? And he said, I did. And I, I was really excited about that. And I said, well, I do a book club. I'd love to have you come on. And so I'm excited to start this show off today with a preview of what we're going to deal with. In studio right now, we have Dr. Alex Jahangir. Welcome to the studio, Alex. Hey, Dr. Doc, how, what do I call you? Alex, please call me <laughs> Alex. And, and thank you so much for, for having me here. I'm really excited that we're going to be able to do this. So what we're going to do is we're going to open this book club. We're going to do Hotspot. Um, and you can find it at Parnassus. You can find it really anywhere. And it's on Audible. So if you want to listen to it, you can get it. And what we're going to do is June the 8th, you're going to come back here in studio and we're going to have a full conversation about the book. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Um, I, I think really talking about challenges of leading, challenges of, of self-confidence when you're in these positions. I try to talk about an experience that all of us went through and, and experienced in, in different ways, yet I think so many common threads um, that I think has made us all better and, and maybe even has exposed some of our, our worst um, instincts as well. Yeah, I mean, I cannot... I. I haven't read the book yet. I'm in chapter one and already I'm fascinated. Just the idea of the first press conference where you, you, you outline, we're trying to figure it out. Like we don't know we, the mayor has contacted me. I've accepted this position. My wife has accepted. She has told me go for it. And then the director for Vanderbilt university medical center has said, yes, you have my blessing to, to lead this charge. And in the first press conference, you've got an angry reporter going, how many tests do we have? What do you have? And they're yelling at you. And you're like, we're, we're going to figure it out. Like, tell, let's talk about that for one second. Just the very intro. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, as you pointed out, I, you know, I sometimes joke, I'm like Forrest Gump. I, I happen to just show up and, um, you know, I'd never even been to a press conference before, much less spoken at one. And there I am in front of a bank of cameras, reporters, reporters who I knew by reputation. And the first question is is, is an angry question accusing every, uh, uh, us as, as the city of not knowing what the heck we're doing. And, and honestly, if we're being honest, the person was right. And I realized one could either get very defensive real quick or acknowledge, look, we're all sharing the same uncertainty. And and that kind of started the whole process of, of how does one respond? Um, you know, it's, how does one try to build trust quickly in moments of crisis? And that I think is, is what this journey for me had, had been and is. And, and, and so we talk about that a lot in the book. Yeah, I get goosebumps hearing this because 
everybody out there lived this moment. And not only that, but you're also cognizant of the fact that we just had one of the top 10 deadliest tornadoes in U.S. history roll through Middle Tennessee a week before this. Yeah, and just think about this. So the book covers a period of one year from um, March 7th of 2020 to March 6th of 2021. In that one year, we had the tornado, we had the pandemic, we had the bombing, we had the social um, unrest that happened because of George Floyd's murder. So much did our city experience in that one year, not to mention the personal toll and the economic toll that all of us faced in, in, in this industry specifically. It was a lot. And I think we it's it's important for us to all really think through that and, and really reconcile that, that that's a really big deal that we all went through that one year. Yeah, I I am June the 8th. You're going to be back here in the seat. We're going to open up. It's going to be a live episode where anybody can jump in with comments. Don't be an idiot. But please, we, we want you to read the book and then come in with comments. If you have any questions about moments throughout this book, you're welcome to come in and join us. Here's how you're going to do that. You're going to go to Facebook. I know this is an antiquated technology, this Facebook thing. Go to Facebook, and there's a group called Brandon's Book Club. In there, I am going to host, I'm going to put the link for you to join the StreamYard, and then I'm going to be picking one or two people that will actually join us in studio. So we will have people in studio with us here talking with um, Alex, Dr. I can't call, I can't call you Dr. Alex. Whatever you Dr. want. Dr. Jahangir. Please, Alex. <laughs> um, and so if you have questions about it, whatever you whatever you want to do. But I am super excited. June the 8th at 9 a.m. is the time we're going to do this. We've got a date on the books. We're one month away, essentially. So go get your books. Now, here's the thing. If you cannot afford a copy and you're afraid, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have the investment. I don't. I'll buy you a book. All right. For like 15 people. I will buy the book. I can't buy like a thousand books, but I want to. I want you to go purchase the book. I want to do on Audible, whatever it is. Um, here's how you can do it. You're going to DM me on Instagram at Brandon underscore NRR and tell me you want a book and I'll get you a book and maybe we'll figure out a way uh, for you to come pick it up or you buy the book and send me a receipt and I'll Venmo you. However it is, I'm going to buy 15 books for people out there because I want there to be some really good engagement on this. And if you, that's for people that can't afford it. If you, can buy the book, please go buy the book and read it. And um, I am super excited about June 8th. That is a day circled on my calendar. Um, anything else people need to know about the book going in? No, I, I, I'm just really excited to have this dialogue. I, I think this is going to be really fun. Um, and I think people will see that that sometimes when you when you perce when you're perceived as being a leader, what this book hopefully shows is that you know what sometimes we're all just figuring it out in the real time. And, and I, and, and so it's really exciting as somebody grew up in Nashville to be able to share this. And I can't wait for the dialogue as well on June 8th. I, I you know, leadership is, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to roll into it, but that's more courage, the courage to stand up there and to do the work that is leadership. I mean, so many people just stood back and pointed fingers and you, this whole thing started because you proactively put a plan together. You started and you saw what was coming and you proactively put a plan together and submitted that to the mayor's office. And they were like, well, well, let's go. And you're the, now what is your exact title is you're the, is it, you work in trauma surgery. Yeah. I'm, I'm an orthopedic trauma surgeon. Orthopedic trauma surgeon. 
I am so not a doctor. Yeah. So and I, I, know, I don't bones. know anything. <laughs> so you fix broken bones. I, I, if you break something really bad from the neck down, that's not your spine. That's my, that's my gig. Wow. I could talk to you for an entire six hours about that. Well, let, how about an see? hour on June 8th? I can't wait. <laughs> Very nice. So you're getting good at this. You know how to do the tease. All right. So Dr. Alex Jahangir, thank you so much for being here today. And we look forward to seeing you on June the 8th. And I am super duper excited about the coming weeks. This Monday, we're going to be talking with Philip Krajek, who is the executive chef and partner at... Rolf and Daughters and Folk in East Nashville. That a James Beard nominated chef, um, Philip Krajek. That is going to be Monday. The following Monday, stay tuned because we have got Montel Jordan and his wife, Kristen, going to be coming on the show. And if you're like, God, that name sounds so familiar, I'm going to do it for you. This is how we do it. There it is. That That is his song. This is how we do it. And he makes me sing it in the interview. It is so much fun. These interviews are already posted somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where until we talk with Philip Krajek, but you can find them on one of our social medias. You got to look for it. These interviews are out there currently. We did them live. You could have joined either of these interviews if you had followed us on this particular social media platform. So go follow us on all the social media platforms. That's that's the way to do it. We're going to be I like to surprise and put things out there like, hey, look, this is what we did. So follow uh, Nashville Restaurant Radio on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, everywhere. We're everywhere. Go find us and uh, subscribe, and then you can be part of the show. All right. With that being said, uh, we are really excited about this episode of uh, Brandon's Book Club, and it's going to start right after these words from Village Real Estate. Are you a hospitality worker looking to purchase a new home? Don't settle for just any realtor. Use someone who understands your industry. Our real estate partner, John Ho, has a history in hospitality and is now able to help our industry through the home buying process. Along with his partner at Foundation Mortgage, they have the products and intimate knowledge of the hospitality industry to assist you in identifying properties to purchase and get you qualified for financing. Too often in our industry, We've been fed lies about the path to home ownership. The truth is, you don't need great credit scores. You don't need tens of thousands of dollars for a down payment, and you certainly don't need two years of employment at one job. Don't take chances with the one of the most significant purchases of your life. Trust people who understand the needs of hospitality workers. A team who is non-judgmental and is flexible enough to accommodate any hospitality schedule. And for you managers and executives listening out there, reach out to them to inquire for free information you can pass along to your staff. Contact them today to start your home buying journey with the right team. John Ho at 615-483-0315. Or you can follow him on Instagram at Hospitality. Amanda Gardner with Foundation Mortgage is 865-230-1031. Find her on Instagram at Mortgage Amanda. We are super excited today to welcome in Neil McCormick and Justin Still. They are the partners behind Tallboy Marketing. And this is Brandon's book club. So we are talking about the book Alchemy by Rory Sutherland and some history here. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. 
So I wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for Neil, because when I was still searching how to do podcasts, I talked to you, Justin. Justin's my brother, by the way. Welcome to the show for the first time. And Neil, uh, I called you and you said, hey, yeah, because you have a pod. Do you still do your podcast? No, I used to. I, it's years and years ago. I think I was doing a podcast almost over 10 years ago, and I just stopped after a couple of years for the exact reason why I told you if you're not going to start one, if you're not prepared to do it for three to five years, don't start one. Here I am 3.1 years later. It's not easy. You probably got to a point where you're like, man, I don't know what else to talk about. I got to get a plan together. Most people don't think that far ahead. You know, fortunately, I've had a shit ton of content because of the pandemic. And there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, if and, and now that I've talked to so many people, there's just more conversations that just keep coming up. And I have sponsors. If I didn't have sponsors... There are so many days where I'd be like, fuck this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have, I'm exhausted. But instead, I have sponsors I got to put a show out for, and it's 11 o'clock on Sunday night, and I'm in here editing to get a show out for Monday morning. That's been a big drive. It's almost like one of those things I, I like because it makes me come and do it. Yeah. I went, it's like when I was at Yazoo, I would come up with this crazy idea for an event, and then I would put it up online for people to register. And then one person would register like within 24 hours. And I'd be like, fuck, I got to do this now. Now, <laughs> now I really got to do now it. I have because to if do nobody it. registered, you're like, I'm out. It wasn't that good of an idea. Cool. I don't have to do it. But after you're like, hey, do you want to? It's like, apparently someone else wants to race adult big wheels down the street. You know, they kind of build up. But to your credit, uh, I'm not just saying this because we're sitting here. To your credit, there's just been just as much stuff, even pandemic, not for everybody else that's done a show to find enough content to talk about and to keep going. They chose not to. Yeah. So for all the ones that it's, it's not that easy, I'm not, I mean, not trying to dis, discredit anybody else, but it's not easy to have something and do it consistently and talk about it. Cause you're probably tired of hearing yourself at times. You know, I hate, I, I still hate hearing myself. Yeah. I, as we do editing, you go back. I'm like, I sound like such an asshole. I yeah. just, I don't, I don't like cringy. it. It is. It's very cringy. It's just not good. Um, so thank you guys for being here. Justin lives right outside Denver, so he's in town. And I learned about this book from you, Neil. Would you like to know how we heard about this book? Yes. Uh, so my good buddy, Josh uh, Springer, the inventor and CEO of Bottoms Up Draft Dispensers, uh, him and I always you know, catch up from time to time. And I said, what are you reading? And he said, I'm reading this really good book, The Alchemist. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then I searched it, and uh, alchemy came up. And I read it, and I was like, oh, now I know why Josh loved this book so much. It was really good, and I was telling him about it, and he goes, I was going into it after we finished it, and I was going into it for about five to ten minutes. I'm like, yeah, and I love this part, and when they were talking about this, well, dude, that book really just blew all of our minds on our team. And he goes, I don't think that, we, that's, not, that's not the same book. <laughs> I'm like, alchemy, right? And he goes, no, alchemist was the one I read. I was like, oh, you should really read Alchemy. It's a really good book. So by accident, <laughs> yeah. you found this book. Yeah. Oh, God. I am I must be in the wrong room. I thought we were here to talk about the Dire Straits 1984 album, Alchemy. <laughs> that the no, live we, album. Music history's down the hall. 2B. Oh, oh, this okay. is 2A. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting hit in the head. Yeah. I'm here for the argument. <laughs> um, pull yourself a little closer to the microphone. You're, you're there. Um, okay. So I don't know where to begin because first time I read this book, I was like blown away that I didn't know, like everything that I thought was what it was, was all of a sudden not what it was. Yeah. 
Does it, did you guys feel that same, same thing? Way? Same thing. It's like you got a chance to take a tour of of a movie studio, and they're like, "Here's what the back of the facade. These were all facades." You're like, "The Andy Griffith Show wasn't a real town." They're like, "Not at all." <laughs> <laughs> Truman Show. The, well, I, yeah. I the story about Red Bull. You know, just the yes. opening, like in the intro, he talks about why is Red Bull successful, and there's no reason for it. I mean, they they did these. It gives you energy. Yeah, I don't think he brings up that part about the the tweaker side of Red Bull as much. Did you know Diet Coke and Red Bull have almost the same identical amounts of caffeine in them? But it's the taurine. And then the fact that it was almost banned, and then everybody had to get it because they're going to ban this stuff, so we got to yeah. get it. It's like everybody's hoarding going to TikTok right now because they might lose it. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I don't know how you hoard TikTok. So <laughs> I don't know, just, we got to get it. I got I to see what everybody's doing right now before we lose eyes. it. Yeah. Oh, it's scarcity. But I, I thought the idea that there's a product, like what rivals Coke, and then they took something that in every test people were saying, this is putrid, this tastes like piss, all these things, and then they put it in a smaller can and charged three times as much for it. It's a hit. Yeah. Like who, who would have saw that coming? Somebody did. And that's the magic of what marketing can do. Yeah. The, uh, the exercise at the beginning of the book where he leads you through it, like if you were to design a, if, if you set out to create a global competitor for Coca-Cola, you wouldn't create something that was more, you know, five to 10 times more expensive per ounce in a smaller container where 65% of people thought it tasted awful. Yeah. It's going to taste better. It's going to look better. It's going to be in a better looking can and it's going to cost less. Yeah. Those yeah. were all the things that, is basically basically the whole book is explaining that logic is the destructor of creativity. Logical and rational thoughts will get you exactly where your competition is. That was his yeah, quote. I, I yeah, like logical that. and rational thoughts will get you exactly where your competition is. So, what are we going to do to bring more people into our bar? Let's reduce the amount that we charge people for a time, maybe between like four and six, and then we'll call it happy hour and we'll discount our food and then that people will just come in mm -hmm. oh, well that's whatever that you're gonna get exactly where everybody else is if you do that yeah well that was the worst part uh about being in the beer business was going to every place and it was like the the, the trinity of everybody that did you know oh we're doing trivia we're doing this. it was the same five things like have you ever came across i mean when's the last time you came across a recipe on facebook that didn't involve cheese bacon ranch dip it's like five things that everybody has to keep recycling which is the same thing that you know your chili's apple beads of the world do and you, you get to a certain point where you're like okay uh i just again i just wanted to race big wheels out in your parking lot do you want to do that and they're like can we do that i'm like it's not trivia on tuesdays but yes you can do that you got a parking lot you know i think one of my least favorite things is going to a restaurant and then him all of a sudden you hear this Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to trivia night. And I'm like, I just want to eat fucking dinner. I don't, uh, I don't want to yeah, deal with yeah. this shit. And also is the my favorite. I'm glad we've got away from this because the price of wings have gone up. I enjoyed all you could eat wings and 25 cent wings. But now as an adult, I realize that's probably not a good thing. You know, it's like it's like discount LASIK or cheap tattoos. You know, <laughs> I tell everybody I'm never going to die on a helicopter ride in Myrtle Beach because I'm not I'm not going to be the up. guy that's just spending twenty dollars on it. They're like, because if you hear someone dies on it, you're going like, he had it coming. He took the twenty dollar helicopter ride. It should be more expensive than that. You know. So logical, you were saying, Justin, we jumped right, gave you that quote that logical people get exactly where logical and rational get you exactly where your competition is. 
do you want to expand on that? Or are you saying something about that? Um, no, <clears throat> no I, I think that it's, you know, it's a good point, but it is, it's that magic that people can't understand and it's human nature and it's how to make people, you know, as he talks about on the aircraft, people feel safer on an airplane based on the quality of the peanuts they're served. It's not, they have no freaking idea how the engine works, but if you're on there and they have nice peanuts and silverware, you oh, at least nice feel plane. a lot more comfortable. And it's, oh, this is a good plane. Yeah. It's like, you just, the way that we do things and human nature and logic tells us these things. It's like, um, I don't know, my favorite kind of alchemy thing is the, you know, the chicken place here in town where folks will sit three hours outside. They come in town to see Clemson play Vanderbilt, and then they go over and stand outside for three hours to wait to get in the chicken rain. and 45-degree half-frozen drizzle. Well, only an idiot would do that for fried chicken. So by the time you get in there and get your chicken – it's the best chicken in the world because only an idiot would wait two hours outside in the drizzle to yeah. eat fried chicken. To eat bad chicken. And so it's like then then you're so and also I don't want to be an idiot because I just spent two hours for this. This is the best yes. chicken I've yep. ever had. So then you have to tell everybody why you're not an idiot too. So it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna leave this review on Google. It's like, well, although the line was long, it was very much worth it. And it's like, you know, you could just drive down the street yeah. and get it for this, but it's all about just checking those other things. But it, it, but it's fascinating. But because of that line, I would say that that's a huge part of success for that brand. I mean, they have great products too. So. Well, I think that the whole concept is what are people's real motivations? What what Why do people really do the thing? Why do they make buying decisions? Why do they make decisions they make? And there's this idea that they're going to make the decision because of the logical reason. And it's never that. Mm-mm. You know, why do you brush your teeth? I think it was a great example. And people go, why do you brush your teeth? Well, because it's healthy and that's what you do. And you go, then why don't you brush your teeth after you eat breakfast? Why do you brush teeth before you eat? Why do you brush teeth before you go into a meeting? Or why do you brush teeth before you go on a date? You're not brushing because you want your teeth to be healthy. You want your teeth to look good. That's the reason yeah. why you, the real reason why you do it. Yeah, and why 98% of toothpaste is mint flavored or meant to freshen your <laughs> breath. You well, know? the same thing with like soap, like hand soap and mm-hmm. these other things, like, it smells good, so you ident- your brain thinks it works. Do you know that soap does not need to have bubbles? They add an agent to make it bubble up because it seems healthier like it's than it's better. clean in your hands because Cause it has it's bubbles. It's got to be working better Yeah, because if, if you take old school lye soap, like, I'm sorry, I'm speaking of my Arkansas roots here. If you take old school lye soap and use it to wash your hands, it will get your hands extremely clean, but there's not a bubble bubble to be found. And it's just, it's the same exact, you know, chemicals for everything, but, but it's just a psychological side of it, you know? That, that's the magic, though. That's the crazy side of things. Like, why? I love the example of Aquafresh. You know, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, somebody decided to put the same ingredients they were mixing in toothpaste, but separate them and figure out a way to squeeze it on a toothbrush. And you can see it. People all of a sudden saw the ingredients. Like, well, this one works better. Yeah, because it's a different color. It's better. <laughs> yeah. It's a better color. It's a different color. But like, who marketing wise? Yeah, thought to do that. Was it was it you and I that was talking about it the other day? Yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, eating at the world famous Toots in Murfreesboro, where uh, <laughs> we got on the subject of world famous. I like that proximity. How proximity makes this different products taste better to you. Like if you get get the same oysters within sight of water, they yeah. you automatically get more nostalgic of it. And it's a well, you, you can know, smell yeah. the uh, there's like a, as opposed there's a to vibe. oysters in Murfreesboro. Yeah, there's something exactly. Different about that. Yeah, but yeah. 
Well, it's interesting because one of the quotes he says in the book is that the reason people eat at restaurants has little to do with the food and more to do with social connection and status. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like I want to be out, you know, I went to this dinner the other night and it was a, it was a big dinner and these amazing chefs were there and the food was good, but it was the, it was a social event. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. was there talking and, and shaking hands and doing the whole thing. The food was, was good. It was supposed to be about the food, but really it was a, was a social event yeah there's a uh it, i live in in lebanon and outside lebanon there's a uh a flea market it's mostly hispanic folks that come out there and so especially on saturdays and sundays you got to plan ahead there's an elote stand in the back of it it is the most social place you'll ever be on a sunday it's five generations it's kids parents grandparents great grandparents, everybody out there it's just packed music's blaring and it's that is the social scene for it food's delicious don't get me wrong but you can tell that is what these families do on Sundays is for that social aspect of it. So if you have a restaurant and you're thinking, I got to make the food as good as I possibly can, but you're so, if you're, if you're, if it's not a good place for people to be seen and want to go and be probably not going to be as successful. I also like this point about um, the food where it has to either people either have to feel like they're getting a really good value on the food or that they're buying something very expensive and very good where people will pay a lot of money thinking that they're getting something, but medium priced food is something that nobody really goes after. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. When you hear that sound, it's probably too late. You need a guy. I want to be your guy. I'm Kevin with course and fire and security, and I'm a restaurant territory account manager. Do you know who's doing your inspections at your restaurant? Please reach out to me at 615-974-2932, and I'll be glad to come out and take a quick look and look at all your fire safety inspection needs. If you're building a new restaurant, we can help with that too. As far as kitchen suppression, fire extinguishers, emergency lights, we do it all. One stop, one shop. Call Kevin at 615-974-2932. Let me be your guy, Nashville. We are joined with Jason Ellis from Super Source Nashville. They have been a sponsor for this podcast for almost three years. We are so honored to work with them. This is a great company and a great man. Jason, what can people expect if they give you a call? Um, we'll come out, do a complete audit of their facility, see in which ways we could help them approve, if any, um, and see what we can do as far as helping them save some money. So the first thing they got to do is just give us a call, 770-337-1143, or they can email me directly at jellis at supersourceinc.com. We'll come out, take a look at your operations, see in which ways we can help. That's amazing. So if you're out there right now listening to this, call Jason Ellis or email him today medium priced food is something that nobody really goes after it's a commodity yeah yeah <laughs> then, it, then it's just portion game then it's you just know. you know you can get full it's there's no there's no other side to it uh, which which kind of he talks about being on a train and this is goes back to your idea of the or just you're talking about being on an airplane and the peanuts taste good but there was a stupid questions he says there are no stupid questions and whatever your take on that is, but he liked stupid questions because he wanted to break down those stupid questions because stupid questions, the, what is the, 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 there's two, there's, there's a bad idea. Then there's a, or is there a good idea and a bad idea. The adverse of a bad idea is also, or adverse of a good idea is also a great idea yeah, or something. Of a good idea can also be a good idea yeah. or yeah. a great idea. Like, because somebody said they, they've got these tube trains 
they're in Europe and they go around and they have on the sides, they have like these booths that people sit in and they have all these people that stand in the middle. And they said, nobody wants to stand in the middle and they're paying the same amount. And you had this resentment towards the people that got seats and then you get there early and they said, what if, you know, somebody said, what if we make it all standing or what if we put the booths in the middle? And that was part of the deal. Uh, and they said, well, that's a dumb question. He's like, well, no, let's actually look at it. Why do people perceive the value on a train? And we just welcoming in. Come on in, Stephen. Grab a headphones. Jump in here. Stephen Smithing, who's, uh, who's an avid member of Brandon Book Club. Come on in, Stephen. Say hi. Trying, trying to do my job to Alchemist help keep extraordinaire. Going. Well, we talk about this stuff a lot in the restaurant. We because do. this is all stuff that is... On this same note, I, with Stephen just walking in, it's not that I waited to you to get here, but I have to ask this question because we just ate there. And this the psychological aspect of this book that really, I don't know, I think it's just something, especially with restaurateurs, you have to dig into a good bit because just the physical space. Because we've all walked in physical spaces where you're like, this is not going to be a good experience. Sure. Like you can tell that five, five feet in the door. So uh, we just had lunch at, at Green Hills Grill. That five feet inside the door, how important is that table with the arrangement on it? I think it's, well, I think it's important. In fact, we added that whole airlock. When I purchased that restaurant, the, the whole entryway space was not there at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I joke that it's the most expensive vestibule on the planet. And if there's a tornado, you want to be inside of there. Cause <laughs> so was, you added that onto the restaurant? We added that oh, okay. onto the restaurant. Well, before when it was uh, Allegria, it just was a, you'd open the door and the host stands right there and all the cold air comes in. I mean, there's a reason airlocks yeah. are there. So I knew we needed one and we just decided to make it nicer than not nice, I guess. Yeah. But no, it's important. I had that table custom built. Actually, uh, I, I bought part of it, uh, at an auction, and then I took it to a guy. I bought all the tile from a different place, and he came and put all that together. Yeah. So. I mean, is there a reason why you didn't go with a perfectly square room? Uh, no, probably just owing to the, the how it was <laughs> going to come in the side of the yeah the the side of the other part of the vestibule there. Yeah. And I, the spacing. I just think, I mean, like I said, it's just those small things like that. It's just fascinating to me the way the, the psychological part of when people walk <laughs> into there to know that, that someone put thought into that. Sure. Then if somebody put thought into that first five feet, that what else did they put a lot more thought into that I'm never going to notice or never going to pay attention to, but it's going to have a huge impact on my experience. Well, I do think sometimes, and I've told lots of people that if I worked for a, another company, they would have fired me for making that vestibule because clearly it costs more than it should have. But I also intend to be there for at least 20 years, which is how long of a lease we have. And by then it'll work its way out and be just fine. Yeah. Well, it's funny because yeah. every single thing that we do systematically is intentional. Yeah. And I think that's one of the funnest things about kind of the, those behind the scenes shows is that when everything is frictionless, when you walk through the door and you get greeted and you get sat and you have a wonderful meal and you leave and somebody says, thank you. And you're like, that was a really great experience. Like every part of that is curated and incredibly intentional and coached and trained I think that's like the fun side of what we do. I think that's like this behind the scenes glimpse of like what is intentional about it and why is that intentional? Yeah. And how do you make it seem like it's just what you do? Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds that easy, but it's something that we talk about a lot at Tallboy is like, you know, we can give everybody a roadmap of what they should be doing, but then you got to do it tomorrow and yeah. the next day <laughs> and next week and six months from now that the, 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 the steps are very easy. It's very easy. You can get hand y'all's handbook to a thousand other restaurants, but it's that psychological part of people understanding why you're doing all those things consistently. 
we have to believe that you're doing the right thing. And it does, it does cost money. I mean, if you start out wanting to engineer this to not spend a nickel, you can't ever get to, I mean, all you do is copy other people, yeah. right? Cause yeah. there's a whole lot of people out there spending nothing to try to, you know, create a great business. And sometimes it works, but not very often, yeah. you know, you, you have to spend your money wisely and put it in the right spot. Yeah. And then we were in a strip mall there at, you know, essentially at Green Hills Grill. So coming into that different room is not, is very unstrip mall-esque. Yeah. You'd, but you didn't want people to feel like they're in a strip mall. Yeah. 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 You, you, you kind of wanted to enter into a different space other than a strip mall. It yeah. doesn't feel like a strip or, mall. It's at an all office there. building. No. It's the bottom floor of an office building, yeah, which is yeah. fine. It's been a great location for us. In fact, I feel kind of fortunate to, to be there. Yeah. It's a wonderful location. It is. Okay. So um, back to my, we're, we're talking about alchemy here with Stephen Smithing, the owner of Greenhouse Grill of Maribel, just walked in. We've got Neil McCormick and Justin Still from Tallboy Marketing. Um, Neil introduced us to this book kind of by accident, and uh, not more kind of just literally. By it, accident. it was it was by accident. Um, I thought it was a really. I want to talk about something about volatile people because he talks about Donald Trump in the book, mm-hmm. and this isn't a political thing. I'm not. Isn't it funny how we got to say that now? Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm like this, this. I was ex- driving by a red truck, and no, I was just saying it's not political. Yeah. I mean, it was a red truck. <laughs> you you got to like look both ways yeah. when you say it. Like, there's this guy. The country split fifty fifty, so you're on both sides with the last election. So, well, I think right. you can look at historical figures and you know use them as examples, which is apparently yeah. what you're going to do. But yeah. Well, I think the the comment that he said is irrational people are so much more powerful than rational people because their threats are more convincing. Yes. So yeah, because it's the difference in the reality of what is in front of you versus the reality of what could be in front of you. They can't compete with each other. If you're highly predictable, people will learn how to hack you. Yeah. Is the comment he goes, take building a wall on the southern border. He goes, if Donald Trump gets up there and says, We're building a wall, he he might even if he has no intention of doing it, you kind of believe because he's fucking crazy (laughs) that he could, that guy could possibly do it. But if Hillary Clinton gets up there and says, I want to build a wall, you know that she has to go through 50 because she's going to go through all the six years of six years because she's going to do it the way that you're supposed to do it. But Donald Trump, that's an irrational dude that just might do it. So his threat is way more convincing and he can build donors and do all this stuff and i just thought that was a very interesting way to look at that and you're like oh so people probably follow the or they they that guy could get stuff done because he's so irrational and crazy he could just get it done because drain the swamp right yeah again not political no (laughs) but what do you guys think about that that statement you elaborate on it i just think everybody every day is weighing risks i think we're all gamblers to a certain extent and you, you weigh risks, ups and ups and downs, uh, your decisions through life by what the risk is. And there are some people that had been stacking up their money and decided to, hey, I'm going to throw it all on this very irrational thing. Hey, it could. It's a long shot, but it could pay off for me. And I think that's just, just different people have different thought processes um, when it comes to, to risk in that situation. And they can it makes a lot more sense to them. Like, hey, we're all taking this risk together. It's just not me, you know. At risk, risk, reward. He does go, and he goes into that with restaurants as well, talking about the, you know, like nobody goes home for, nobody goes to McDonald's and comes home and gets the shits. But the finest 
Michelin award-winning <laughs> restaurant in New York had the worst case of norovirus or whatever of any place in recorded history. <laughs> you know, it's like you never know. Yeah. That is one of my favorite stats. I think it was from that book, uh, Why We Buy, was that 65% of people read the McDonald's menu after they've ordered. <laughs> that they, they already have an idea of what they're going to order when they walk in, but while they're waiting on their food, they're standing there reading the rest of the menu. Like, oh, yeah, wow, I didn't realize they had that. Oh, they added this to the menu. They don't read the menu when they're most of them when they're going in because they already know what they're going to. I would imagine at least sixty five percent of the people get the same thing every time. Oh, of course. Or generally the same item. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they're keeping yeah like four items or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have that. We have I'm that more, at Green Hills Grill. Oh, people come to Green Hills Grill for this item, oh. and I'm like, well, we got thirty two other items on the menu. You should be like me and try all of them. Then you hear twice a day. I'll admit, I every tried day. something. I tried something. Yeah. It's really good. I tried something new today. I was very, very happy with that. What'd but you I'm, have today? I'm one of those people. I have restaurants in Nashville. I only go to yep. chicken, grilled chicken, fried chicken, chicken salad. I only have those places for that. Today was the uh, the root vegetable and quinoa. Always oh, wanted to try that. So, roasted yeah. quinoa. That's a good one. I like the way it's laid out because then I can portion out the amount of beans that I want in each bite versus whatever else is on that particular bite. Yeah. yeah so. What did yeah. you have, Justin? Just curiously. I, I had the red bar chicken, and it right. was fantastic and as good as I remember it. We also had the trio and some tuna. Yeah. It's all really good. The queso is fantastic, too. It's my favorite. My favorite now is the, the, the queso. People do love it. I have uh, a question, just sidebar here, and you can cut this out if you want. But uh, have you all ever explored through your staff coming up with new menu items for people that have worked there uh, after they work a certain amount of time, because we've all worked at a place and I don't care how corporate it was, how limited the items were that you worked there long enough. You're tired of things on the menu and you're like, Oh, you've got to try it this way <laughs> you do. with this add this on it. That's the way I get it. Well, you're allowed to do that at Green Hills Grill anyway, because there's really, you know, I, <clears throat> not to steal the outback thing, but no, no rules good. just right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to eat there, I tell people, we have a cooler full of food and very talented people. Tell me what you want to eat. I mean, one of the big ones that I didn't know really the kitchen didn't like to make was a tortilla club sub hot chicken, which is pretty darn good. You just yeah. take the hot chicken, cut it up, and put it in there just like everything else is the same. Uh, apparently, it's a little trickier than the regular tortilla yeah. club. But, yeah, you're encouraged to do that. And we let, we let staff members – you're allowed to subtract and not add. You can't say, I would need three pieces of chicken on that you got to pay for that. But you can take something off, but you can't go and you know, take a whole things. bunch. Yeah, Like but, chicken and chicken are the same. Yeah. But has that ever become a menu yeah, item you've never, where like, you've it was ever, a yeah. special for the month where it was like, yeah. this week it's Renee's chicken fantasy. Yeah. Well, you know, the Pignoli <laughs> pasta actually was developed by Scott Johnson, who was one of our servers a long time ago. Yeah, 25 years ago at the old Green Hills Grill, and the Pignoli pasta has been on the menu ever since. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I just think of when I go to the subway. Uh, you know, like they pay all this money for R&D. I'm like, you have all these subway restaurants. Think of all the untapped talent of what they come up with. It's got to be as good or better than what you know anybody else could come up with. Like, do you order it Jared's way? Uh, n- uh, no, <laughs> too soon. Way too soon. <laughs> way too soon. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I love what, what In and Out does with their secret menu, the yeah. not so secret menu. I think everybody knows about it, but they put it out there that oh, if you're in the know, you can order it animal style and you can get all these things. It's not on the menu, but if you know, you can order it that way. And that's how everybody orders it because yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah. I but think I'm, that's something I would love to, to be able to do one day once everything is just completely smooth working, like create a secret menu and tell 10 people about these four menu items that are secret and that only, that are like 
this is John's way he does it, and this is a because we have Haley's way for the chop chop. Or we do, yeah, and we have, um, yeah. I mean, we have, and I tricked my brother Christopher because when you add a new menu item, which we do specials every month, we develop a lot of new menu items, and some of them sell really well. And I'm like, let's put that on the menu. And he says, well, what do you want to take off? And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to take anything off. I just want to add that because I think we can sell it. Let's see. But obviously there's only so much physical space on the menu. And I did tell him they had a font button. You know, you could just make the font smaller, squeeze them in there. Not a big deal. But uh, he said, no, 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 you got to pick one. So I picked the Santa Fe chicken, which is a super popular item because I knew if we took it off the menu, people would still ask for it. And we never took it off the computer. You know, it's still, there's still a key there for Santa Fe chicken. So we sell... I mean, not as many as we used to, but probably half as many as we used to, but people still order it all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I think we call them ghost items, you know, things yeah. that have a key but don't have a don't have a placement on the menu. Yeah, thanks for indulging my my two uh, uh, questions for today. So. <laughs> I went to In-N-Out and I ordered reptile style and they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, you don't so know you, yet? You have to actually know what's on the menu before you say it. Reptile style. I got nothing. Yeah, I'm like, you didn't know about this? No, last time we were in Colorado a couple weeks ago, we were going to be the, I think it was the first time I ever had the opportunity to do a true burger challenge because near Justin's house, it was a uh, In-N-Out, was it, there's like six different well-known burger We places. have everything. Yeah, like, there's it was an In-N-Out, Whataburger, Smashburger, Freddy's. Culver's, um, like yeah, all within like 10 minutes of each 10 other. 10 so. places, Shake yeah. Shack. Like, what was the best? Well, we, we didn't do it. That's what I'm saying. We had to line it up to where you get people Black at each place foods. to order it at the same time. <laughs> and, then and then bring, bring it, it back. This, yeah, same location. And then, you know, chop them into quarters and go from there. So it was the thought process. <laughs> What's your favorite hamburger in Nashville? Uh, are we talking about just beef, uh, bison? Uh, all right. Uh, as far the, as... The meat and bun with stuff in the I middle. Got, ingredients. I got two. One is the bison burger mushroom and Swiss at uh, Ted's Montana Grill. Okay. Um, and with their onion rings. And then the other one is uh, just Gabby's uh, cheeseburger, everything on it uh, with their sweet potato fries. I really just go there for the sweet potato fries, but the burger is, is pretty stellar too. So Plus you get Doug. If you're oh, there on yeah, the right day, yeah. You know. yeah. His, his Q&A, he is, makes I, it. his attitude makes me so happy. <laughs> My favorite sign in there is diners, drive-ins, and dives did call. Twice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and did call. Twice. The best people out there. Uh, he, he makes me happy every time I go in He there, does. So. He's great. He Good used to work people. with us at Green Hills. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, he was a manager a long time ago. He is. I don't know. I just like the, the people that pick a path. Like, this is what we're going to do. It's going to either work the way I wanted or fail the way I wanted. So, it is what it is. So. One more break to hear a word from our sponsors. we got about 20 minutes left of this interview. Hope you're enjoying Brandon's Book Club. Hey guys, we are supported by Sharpie's Bakery and we've been supported by Sharpie's Bakery for the last year. And I tell you, I couldn't be more proud of this partnership. Guys, they're a locally owned and operated bakery right here in Nashville for the last 36 years. Yes, they deliver fresh baked bread daily to your restaurant's back door. And man, is it good. You want to know what kind of bread they make? Go check them out at sharpiesbakery.com. That's C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S bakery.com. So they have over 200 types of bread. And if you're wondering, well, hey, look, it's a special recipe that I like to use that, you know, we bake it in our house and it's just, it's a kind of a pain, but we, we like to do it. They can take your recipe and make that bread for you without any of the hassle, the mess, the labor. They'll just deliver right to your door every single day. It is freshly baked. They love to give you a tour of their facility. Give Erin Moso a call. Her number is 615-319-6453. You should do it now. 
What Chefs Want story is incredibly unique. The owner, Ron Turnier, met with a bunch of chefs in Louisville back in the early 2000s and asked them one simple question. What do you want? And the chefs, they responded emphatically. We want deliveries on Sunday. We want to be able to split any item that you sell. We want a frictionless experience where we feel like we're being served. And so you know what he did? Something crazy. He did just that. So What Chefs Want is not only a company that's delivering fresh produce, fresh seafood, fresh custom cut meats, specialty items, dairy, gourmet, all of that seven days a week. They also offer 24-7 customer support. You want to call, you want to text, you want to email, you can talk to somebody 24-7. Get your delivery seven days a week in an amazing selection of products. That is What Chefs Want. So if you ever wonder, why do they call it that? That's your reason. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. We are supported by Robbins Insurance, an independent insurance agency known for providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins is also known for delivering exceptional coverage to Nashville's restaurants and bars. Whether it's a fryer fire that sets off the sprinkler system and leaves your restaurant sopping wet on a busy Saturday night, or it's a once-in-a-decade tornado that cuts off your electricity and subsequently spoils all the food in your walk-in, Robbins has seen it all. And they know how to create policies that will get your business back on its feet as quickly as possible in the event a disaster strikes. Look, when it comes to insuring your restaurant, bar, brewery, bakery, grocery store, hotel, or whatever – you need someone who knows the industry, who understands your business, and who will create a policy that protects your space, your staff, and your concept. That's Robbins. Visit Robbins' website at robbinsins.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-S-I-N-S.com to request your insurance consultation. Once again, that's robbinsins.com. Marketing advice. Gentlemen, what are you guys seeing out there? What are the trends? What are people doing this is this is what you guys do every day. I don't have a lot of marketing people on the show. I need to have more marketing people on the show. But like, what are you guys seeing out there? If I'm a restaurateur out here, if I'm a small business owner, and I'm doing things the logical way, like what everybody else does, what are some things that you might? What are some tips, tricks, anything that you've got out there? I we could do a, a whole hour on no, social media. Good. I have a I have a like a list if you're ever because I always hear a lot of people go, well, you know, when you travel, you go to a place, you're always looking for a place to eat. Everybody's like, oh, where we go? I mean, in even your town, you're looking for a place to eat. I've found a pretty full. It, it's not 100 percent, but it's in the 90 percentile of checks to see whether a restaurant's worth eating at before you ever even go in there. And the checklist is one. uh do they, one, have they uploaded pictures in the last two weeks to their Google business page? Uh, one, that is a big one. Have they claimed it, but have they uploaded pictures? Two, do they respond to all the reviews on there, good or bad? Because you'll get more business off lower ones than you will, you know, more uh, than five stars. Uh, have they updated, updated their, their social media in the last week or two? If you go through and, and check all those, those boxes to see if someone has done that as a restaurant, I know it sounds overly simplistic, but it you can have really good success that and and just check out do they have you know do you have access to their menu and stuff on their on their website just very simplistic house cleaning things it, it's very very rare you ever find restaurants that actually check off all those boxes consistently even in this day and age unless they get to a certain 
a certain scale or a revenue model and it's free to do all of those things, but most people just don't do it. Somebody so, has to do it. So yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's just the review, the responding to reviews shows you that if you're in business long enough, anybody knows this, things are going to go wrong. It's just, it, listen, that salad didn't have anything to do with your staff. She was having a bad day. After three times, the you know, the, the red light didn't change and blah, blah, blah. I finally got there and then the salad didn't have dressing on it. Like, that didn't have anything to do with the salad. It was the red light, okay? Yeah. She was having a bad day. Mm-hmm. But if people see that you have humility to respond to all those, I just, I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But it's like, things are going to go wrong. Or is this the type of place, if it does go wrong, they're going to be attentive, attentive enough to fix it. So that means they're attentive enough on a regular basis to fix things that are not right. So therefore, that's the type of place you want to go to instead of like, oh, we just opened and we really don't care anymore. You know? So there's one of those things is you get a one-star review and my salad didn't have dressing and da, 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 they're the angry person. There's two responses you can do there, right? One is, we're so sorry about your experience. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, great, don't come back. Yeah, and I've, we've seen all of them. What do you what do you? Well, I got I got fired for uh, after a one star review, I finally got fired from responding to reviews when I, I went oh. through her history and I said, <laughs> well, judging from your history of reviews, there's not much you do like because they're all one stars. Can you can you fill me in on something you liked and maybe yeah. I can copy that? I, and I got fired. I love using <laughs> no, I, I love using data like that, too, because it'll be like, you know, hey, uh, ma'am, we're glad that you signed into Yelp and left us a review. But Judging that 19 of your 21 reviews are all one stars, I feel like we had this was stacked against us to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Like you're um, just on here to slant, just to. to but to, uh, to to what Neil was saying about uh, what gets you in restaurants, we were out taking, we took the team around all over Colorado last time, and you know you go through and you start looking at places, and it's like, okay, I've heard about this place, let's go look, and you know, so you maybe you go on Facebook or you go on Google, you go somewhere and you look at something. Then when you go on Facebook and it's like mid March and you're like, well, what's their St. Patrick's Day thing going on? And it's like open for Thanksgiving from eleven to one, and we're doing turkey. And you're like, well, they haven't been on here in seven months. We're out. Like yeah. you just, it's automatically like I'm not. That's not an option anymore. Yeah, that and making this is the best advice I can give to anybody, regardless of business, especially restaurants, is when someone goes to a restaurant's website, they are there for one of four things. I don't care what restaurant it is, and I don't care where it's at. There's one of four things that 95% of people are there for. It's your hours, it's your menu, uh, your where you're located at. And maybe a little bit about your story, but the store is even story is even optional. Or specials but, or happy yeah, hour. yeah, even those things, even special and happy hour directions, show up. maybe yeah. address, or they yeah. want to order. Yeah, yeah. Or they Ours is order. very, you know, yeah, I mean, we, right we know there. if you click yeah. on most of the people coming to our website want yeah. to order something. Yeah, yeah. And, and going through those analytics and don't hide those things. Make them as easy to get to mm. as possible. Where are you at? When are you open? What's your menu look like? And can I order it online or what's hours to come and get it? People just hide those things into oh, more about us. This is all I want to know about you. Where are you located at? What are your hours? And what's on your menu? That's where ninety nine percent of people want to go. I don't. I, I'm where not did your chef through. go to culinary yeah. school? My mom loves <laughs> yeah, me, but she's not reading, going through any of our photos. I'm just being honest. <laughs> with y'all. Yeah. She's not. So, but yeah, making all those things easy to get to. I mean, it's that's that's the one thing I think that people just overly complicate it. You know, you get an artist instead of a designer doing your stuff. Mm. You know. All right. Justin, what about you? What are, I mean, anything out there like right now that you're seeing as far as marketing that is just interesting that you, that you've seen or trends or anything that's just, it changes so much 
every single day. I mean, I I think in my honest to God opinion, the best marketing any restaurant can do is put out a good or put out a great product, a consistent product, and do it day in day out. That's the best thing that anybody can do because the best marketing anybody can get is when somebody goes, "What'd you have?" Because when people get a great meal, it, it's like the waiting in line. Like you're you're not it. You people love to share and let people in on things. So that's the other thing. You make something that's really really good and blows people's minds, and they'll take people will do marketing for you. Great products market themselves. So if you have the best sandwich somebody's ever had. They're going to get on and take a picture of the sandwich and talk about it, or it comes out and it looks like the presentation is unbelievable. Now, they've become an ambassador for your restaurant. You're not paying for it. You're getting whatever audience they have. You don't have to fool with these stupid influencers and stuff like that. Sorry, not all you influencers are stupid, but it's Most exhausting. Are, but <laughs> <laughs> Most are, not all. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get, we'll get yeah. people will leave like a two-star review, and it'll, the review will start off with, I don't know how this place has so many five-star reviews. <laughs> there was that. a beer can in the parking lot, and that's unacceptable. And it's like, well, we have all these five-star yeah, reviews yeah. because yeah. We, t- yeah. we do a consistent job, and we try really hard to do these things. Or they'll say, I don't like the paint color. And I'm like, well, clearly it's not impeding <laughs> the business that we yeah. have because there are people here. Oh, food, food, and service, food and service was great, but the... <laughs> The, the lighting in the bar was a different, I like a warm light. And it was like, <laughs> I tell people, you know, if you want to design a restaurant, buy one. Yeah. yeah then you yeah, get to man. design it. You get to make it look well, however you want to make it look. Yeah. My, my personal but, favorite was always the one that's like, my family and I have been coming here for 21 years, but last night, <laughs> and it's like, well, James, obviously you and your family are not morons. So only a moron would come to a one-star ranked restaurant for 21 consecutive years yeah. as your gathering point. You know, yeah. but we're glad that last night, you know, Tina you know, fucked it up for yeah, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Tina's mom died before the shift and she was having a bad day. But we're, you know, Have y'all sorry. ever read a review that's so bad for a place you had to go visit it? <laughs> of, yeah, my own restaurant. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Other than your I mean, sometimes, own I, I think people believe that they're entertaining the world by writing these one-star reviews. No, like, no mostly is... Yelp. It's like yeah. it's like they tried to do a writing class or something. I'm like, this is my Yelp life's review. work. If it was bad, just rate, say, hey, can you come fix it? And I can, yeah. I can, you know, like I said, when's the last time you went to the airport? What happened there when they screwed up? Nothing. Yeah, I can fix everything in 20 minutes. Yeah. I was in, uh, did yeah. you spe- did you ask to speak to a manager? No. We just sat there. Yeah. Did you say anything to the person at the front door? No. Did you <laughs> ask your server? No. I was in uh, Coos Bay, Oregon about 10, 12 years ago when we were looking around for a place to eat and got on Yelp. And the uh, review for this place, I think it's since closed or changed ownership, called the Blue Heron. Heron uh, and the bird started out with... Uh, Anybody with a rudimentary knowledge of how World War II ended would be completely appalled by the decor at this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot going on. There. I know. Then you're on their website looking for yeah. the pictures. You're like, I gotta, I gotta yeah. look at this. This is way before Instagram and this everything. This good. We're like, yeah. oh, we gotta go check this place out. So, and, uh, unfortunately, on, they were closed. On my TikTok page for Nashville Restaurant Radio. Uh, you read a one-star review for me. I, w- I want to play this for you guys. You ready? Yeah. This is this is pretty good. This is the time where it doesn't show up on my Bluetooth on here, and it's not working. Come on. I, I finally got a car with Bluetooth, and it's been the worst bane of my existence of when it connects and when it doesn't. 
All right, here we go. This is from Jen. I'm just going to play it into the mic, and we'll just do it that way. Ready? Yep. This is a one-star review from Jennifer, and she posted this review on Christmas Eve. Horrible service. No menu, just a buffet on Christmas Eve. Didn't tell us when we made the reservation. We'll never be back. Would give it a half star if I could. You know, Jennifer, every year my mother asks me why I work on Christmas Eve, and it's half-star reviews like this that really bring it home and make it special to me and my family. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, come well on. said, you got, hey, at least Jennifer was one of the most creative there because all the other ones were, if I could give it zero stars, yeah. <laughs> I would. That's one of the other... Famous yeah. line. And here's the thing. People make mistakes. I mean, when you have a small business like a restaurant, and you know, I think we have 100 people employed at Green Hills Grill, guess what our number one problem is? Human error. I mean, that is the number one problem every single day. So you just have to try to find the human error and you know come and fix it before you go home and write a half-star review. Yeah, yeah, on Christmas Eve. But sometimes if you clue us in and help, yeah, yeah that would help. And on Christmas Eve, I understand people that, are spending their really good money, and yeah. it's our responsibility to do it right. We tried something different. We tried a buffet. And well, it was on a Sunday. It was Christmas good. Eve was on a Sunday. Yeah, which we is do when a we do a brunch buffet, buffet anyway. on Sunday. We just did it all day. Y'all are missing. You're burying the lead on this whole story. <laughs> the, the lead on this whole story is, is what traffic is in and around Green Hills during Christmas time. Well, this was yeah. <laughs> this was at Maribel, but still, this, this was a, this was at Maribel. Oh, yeah, okay. so this is at Maribel. Have anything to do with y'all? If it was in Green Hills, man, come on. Most of the time, one star reviews don't have that much to do with us. Oh, Very yeah. small thing that we yeah. that, that went wrong, and yeah, something. Some, and again, people, everybody has a bad moment. We call them bad moments, not bad days. You know, yeah. Save your bad days for chemotherapy. But you yeah. say we 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 did have all perfect people, but we realized we had to let some go so we could have the perfect customers <laughs> like you come in. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, well, that's a challenge, especially with like Maribel when you have mm. people that have been going there for 30 years. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, it's you been know? there yeah, for a long yeah. time. Now, 1985. Like our, yeah, like our friend uh, Jesse Goldstein, when he worked at Loveless, they had a family that's been eating out there for Easter for like 30 or 40 years. Every year, the family comes. It's a big deal. Family keeps growing, and they book out every year for Easter at the same exact time. And I'm like, man, no pressure. <laughs> there does come a point where we can't, you can't, you just can't grow. Oh, yeah. I remember at Maribel when that happened, and this, you know, they wanted like four tables to get. And finally, I'm like, why am I doing this? I should just yeah. say no. I yeah. could book. Uh, yeah, uh, lots of people want to come here. I don't have to feed 16 people at one table. Yeah. On You're a family. Just so not we don't mine. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I have to stay for two hours, you know, and it's like a whole thing, you know. Yeah. Right? yeah. Sorry, we're out of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've swayed off of uh, alchemy for a little, a little while, bit. but that's that's okay. You're good. Did that's you what this uh, is. The part of the book, did y'all see the one where he, what was the one about the uh, the banana uh, vodka or whatever. Oh, no. Well, just talking about that was in the pers perspective of what it is, where he's like, you know, you go in and rose wine tastes better by the sea or whatever, then, you know, so don't go buy a case of rose wine when you get back from vacation, expect it to be great. And talks about how Guinness, you know, tastes so much better in Ireland. And it's, it's as somebody who's consumed a considerable amount of Guinness in Ireland and in the United States, I can guarantee you they taste exactly the same. It is exactly the same product, but I have never met another human being that has been to the Guinness brewery in Ireland that shares that same sentiment with me. They all swear it's that much better in Ireland. It's the same damn thing. You're just drinking it there. But, yeah, he talks about his buddy buying, you know, 
uh, enjoyed a in the Caribbean enjoyed a banana liqueur so much that he bought into the company while he was there, and then came back home and it tasted you know, terrible. All of his friends yeah. couldn't even drink the vomit-inducing banana liqueur or whatever is they call it. Whoops. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so. So next time you do that, be careful about. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that, that cachaça tasted good in Brazil. When you get home, it's like, this doesn't uh, oh. taste like it <laughs> yeah. did there. Yeah. Hey, did you get this out of the gas tank? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what is this There's, crap? You know, we were in Thailand, and the guy was dumping this out of that really awful-looking gallon jug. It tasted so much better than what it does here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. I, it, circumstances make things better. Yeah, I, I do like that about the just logic and different things, and I love Rory's uh, take on everything. And he does it with comedy and some sarcasm, which makes it even more fun. I like this thing he was talking about. What was it? GPS systems. Basically, all they know is what they know, and they don't know anything else. All like, they know is kind, logic. He goes, they're kind of like communists. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. Wow, that was an interesting point he said in the book, that that – GPS, like, and I do this every time I go to the airport, or if I would go to when I was at Fresh Point, you could, you can go a different way to the airport. It's going to take you ten minutes longer. I do this every day when I go to the Green Hills Grove in Bellevue. I would drive forty, and I would get off on Highway seventy, and I would take Highway seventy into like West Mead, and then I would take the back road to Estes, and I would every day it took me twenty one minutes to get to work every single day from from that where I lived in Bellevue, but the GPS told me to go. 40 all the way to 440 and get off on Hillsborough Road, which we all know is like that could be a 45 minute yeah. ride. That could be a 12. I see that it's 14 minutes actual drive time if there's no traffic. The GPS figures out that logical way. But I know if I want to be there today and I have 30 minutes to get there, if I leave every day, I'm never I'm never gonna be late. Yeah. And it does it's longer. Yeah. To- <clears throat> it doesn't take into part human nature as well, where it's like he's like some people would rather not stop and drive 15 miles an hour all the way there, even if they had to go three miles farther than do the other way, because people don't like stop and go traffic. They yeah. would rather just go, but the GPS has no idea. Yeah. So I thought the most, I thought the thing about the book that was most, that I took the most out of is that people don't make decisions for the things we think people make decisions for. And I'm going to say this because it, it doesn't, I, I don't think I wrote this down right, but I tried four times to dictate this into my phone while I was driving. Hey, Siri, do this. And now Siri's actually doing it. This is David Ogilvy's quote? Yes. People don't do it, know what they like or do, yeah. It said, people don't say what they feel, feel what they say, or say what they think. Yep. Like they unconsciously do things and they have no idea why, but there is a reason why. It's just not the reason you think it's why. Ogle, yeah. Ogilvy on advertising is a great follow-up from this. It's a yeah. book from the 50s. That yeah, we did that one in our, our Tall Boy book club, too. That one was really good. Yeah, it's a lot, and there's no audio version of it at all. It was What did you say? Really? It was printed in the 50s or something. Yeah, yeah I don't I, know. it's old, and it's lots of pictures. Like, I don't know how to read. Yeah. What is yeah. that? That yeah. one's really good. You uh, Going back to people not saying what they mean, it, if you've ever been married or in a relationship for more than six months, you know that because you've asked someone, hey, where do you want to go eat? And they go, I don't care. They're like, hey, what about this place? I don't really like that. Hey, what about <laughs> so this you place? Do care? Yeah, so you do I mean, you just pick. You just pick. If you I pick did, correctly, then yeah, you're a good job. I did pick. It's Otherwise, like, they care. Until you've been in a relationship, you never realize that it's possible to pick a wrong parking space. <laughs> it's just like, all right, never mind. How am I care. supposed to yeah. know what shoes you're wearing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, that hits way too home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and, I, and I love you, honey. I bit, I bit my tongue. <laughs> We've figured out over the years. It, I think once you get past 15, then you can yeah. you can kind of get past. But there's a there's a period of time there where you're like, what the? F-? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm wondering if we're looking for the parking spot where we could catch the shuttle bus to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we parking back here? There was a space up there. But then again, why would somebody sit? I, I, I all the time park in the back of the parking. I, I just parked the car and I like walking. So I'm like, oh, I'll get some extra steps in today. But I have, like, I think 99% of the time there's somebody sitting in the middle of the aisle waiting for somebody to leave. Oh. I park wherever the f- closest spot is, wherever I get a spot. And I don't really care. I always walk by that person. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what it's are you? A Kroger or whatever. Yeah, you're sitting there and you see the car like circling around. Then they're waiting for the front spot. You park in the back and then you walk by. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they're still loading yeah. their groceries. And this guy's just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll wait for you. Like, well, thanks for making that guy feel really awkward and hurried. That's yeah. awesome. Because yeah. you want that first spot. Yeah. Gentlemen, I know you guys have to go. It is 3.30. And, uh. Nobody listening to this cares what time it is because it's not that time where they are. No. You just but, make it up that it's four twenty-five now. I like his uh, description of the book about time and how you, you know, time just goes and happens no matter what. One hour is an hour, whether you're being waterboarded or drinking the finest champagne in the world. It's still an hour. <laughs> still an hour. It, it may seem like it takes forever. Well, we didn't quite do a full hour day, but I know you guys have a full day. Thank you for coming in and joining us. I would obviously one day love to do, you live here, Neil. Yeah. Just to come in and do like a full episode on like Let marketing. Let Let's do it. It'd be so much fun to no. just jump into some of the, I want to, I, I think that everything that you said earlier about social media, about claiming your Google page, about posting pictures on Google, about responding to reviews. We could do an hour on those four things mm-hmm. that would help so and I do the same thing because I'm Justin's brother. When I look at it, because I do a lot of research, I have people on the show, and yeah. I look up their stuff, and I'm like, "You haven't claimed your Yelp page? Like, how have you not claimed your Yelp page? You haven't claimed your Google page? Like, it's like these Yelp's are- tied to Apple and <clears throat> Siri and Apple Maps, and if people ask Siri for something, it's going to pull up that picture from Yelp of the yellow plate with a bloody meatball on it that looks like some, something got massacred on there because it's a customer picture and not one of yours. Yeah. yeah, you can be very intentional with that stuff, and I think it's something that's relatively easy for people to do. Yeah. Super easy, but I think nobody, not nobody, there's a lot of companies that come out and help people do that, but restaurateurs don't typically, they're, they're chefs, they're chef partners that are in kitchens dealing with why this person has another flat tire for the fourth day in a row and they can't make it to work. <laughs> you you just touched on my number, what's the number one issue with restaurants and hospitality these days? Time. Uh, or what, I mean, the, what's the number one issue that they run in with the most of the time? With most Staff. businesses. Getting, yeah. being properly staffed. staffed. Okay. So when y'all are going to hire somebody, uh, do a good bit of the time, do you ever go and check their socials? And stuff to see, you know. Sometimes no, we yeah. do. Yeah. No, I don't. I I, mean. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but we we, we do that as, as business owners when we hire somebody, we do that. Yeah. But let's turn this to the other side. Even just kind of going off the book, why do business owners not put more stock in curating their stuff to look good to be a place that people would want to work? Good at? point. Because every employee that any bar restaurant would ever need is in the phone of every employee that they do have. So, and at this day and age, especially with uh, people, you know, below a certain age, I'd say 30 or below, every job falls in two categories. Either it's a great place to work, I could make more money, 
But I work with good people. Our owners, managers are good folks. I work with a good team of people. They make it fun. Or I make really, really good money, but everything else about it sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't like going there. The managers and bosses are really jerks, but I make too good of money. I, I, you know, and that's, those are the two places where every job falls. So, I mean, I, I just see it all the time with the amount of people. I'm like, do you look like a place people would want to work? You know, because they're looking at your stuff too. Sure. You know, they want to tell people they work there. They want to share your specials. They want to share the good news of what's going on in your, you know, your place of business. And it's not just hospitality, it's anybody. And the amount of people that, that don't post but four times a year on their Facebook or those things, it's like you don't have to be everywhere all the time. But what you are doing, make it look like a place that, like our parents or grandparents, were very proud to work at where they work. It's not that difficult to be that place other people are very, very proud to work at, too. And I just think it's overlooked, I mean, on a regular basis. People don't look at it. They look at it from one direction, but you have to look like it. it's a fun place where people would actually want to show up and, and work there, you know? All stuff that is really easy to do. Yeah. You have to be intentional, and you have to put a plan together, and you say, this is what we're going to do, and then let's do it. Uh like I said, love to do a full episode yeah. with you, Let Neil. Know, Patch Justin, if you want to do it yeah. too, Justin. But he's here. He can come in here. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming in talking about alchemy. Thank you for introducing me to alchemy. Thank you for all that you uh, you guys have done. <laughs> and um, Stephen, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's jumping great, in. It's a great book. What's your next book? Uh, the next book is, I don't know what it's called. Are you writing this book or reading it? It's a novel I'm writing. Uh, uh, no, it is um, Dr. Alex Jahunger. Okay. You know who he is? The Nashville uh, guy. I know. Stephen Younger is also another author. He was our COVID read. dude here in Nashville, right? Yeah. yeah. Dr. Alex. Uh, hold on. I'm going to I'll look up the name of his book. Dr. Alex Jahunger. Uh, he is the was the leader of uh, the COVID response in Nashville through our entire thing. Oh. Uh, got to talk to him a few weeks ago and th the nicest guy in the world and he was he was eating one of the restaurants, and uh, I said, "You you look like the doctor that's been on TV." And he and he kind of put his head down. His wife goes, "Please don't spit in our food." And I went, no 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 no. That's not the situation. I said, "I'm baffled. Like I'm so impressed by what you were tasked to do." Yeah. I mean, leader leading a city through something that's never happened before and having to go on TV every day and give an update and decision-making process. You don't even really yeah. fully understand. I go, the leadership <laughs> that you've had to, I go, you could write a book. And he goes, I actually did write a book. I just wrote one. And I went, no kidding. And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, I'd love to read it. And I go, I do a book club. I love, he goes, well, I'd love to do the book, do the book and I'll come in and we'll do all, I'll talk about it. We'll have people on and we'll talk about the show. So I was like, Hell yeah. So the next book we're going to do is by Dr. Alex Jahunger. Ever it is a doctor's that? diary. It's called a doctor's diary from the pandemic hotspot, a doctor's diary from the pandemic. You can find it on Amazon uh, or he has it at uh, Parnassus books right there in green Hills. <sighs> yeah, so go get it at Parnassus books. And if you want to join us to hear Dr. Alex Jahunger, he'll be in studio. So this will not be like a book club. Like we're talking now, yeah. this will be live on Facebook and you can interact throughout this book club and talk to him, ask him questions. And we're going to go through uh, his journey of leadership through the pandemic. Awesome. It's going to be a fun book to yeah, do. That's exciting. I'll definitely read that one. Yeah. I'm excited. I haven't read it. It's the first book I haven't read previously. So I'll be doing this. I'm excited to start reading the books with you as we've kind of built an audience for this thing. I wanted to, 
read books I knew I could talk about a little bit. Uh, but I really appreciate everybody coming in and talking with me. These guys have a safe trip yeah, back to, to Colorado, and, yeah. and thanks for coming in today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. There it is, Brandon's Book Club for the month of March and April. Uh, so now May's Book Club is live. You heard at the beginning of the show, Dr. Alex Jahangir has been in studio. He's going to be in studio. Go follow us at Brandon's Book Club on Facebook. And then follow us at Nashville underscore restaurant underscore radio on Instagram. We'll be posting updates and I'll be talking about it here. Lots of fun things to come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. If you'd like to discuss this book further with me, if you didn't get a chance to be a part of this, I'm happy to uh, to have that conversation with you. Look me up. DM me at Brandon underscore NRR on Instagram. I'd love to talk to you. That is all we have for today. Hope that you are being safe out there. Have a great weekend with Taylor Swift and Trevor Noah and to all of our graduates out there. Congratulations. Big, big weekend in Nashville. You guys, please be safe. Love you guys. Bye.